0: You got the touch! You got the power! Welcome back to episode 11, Yule Log version of Movie Bomb Squad. (laughs) We are Santa's little helpers, Yogg-Sothoth, Cloud of Menacing Bubbles, that wraps presents and kills you in the middle of Christmas Eve night. And with us, we also have the Satan... I mean, Santa's, sorry. Santa's little helper (laughs) from Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) Santa's
1: little helper, Mr. Delicious, here. I will be uh, coming through your chimneys in order to steal all of your cookies and milk, because that's how I roll.
0: That's how he rolls, folks. That's how he rolls. Usually, we talk about bad movies a lot. Occasionally, we'll say, like, oh, here's a good one or two. Honestly... Christmas movies, the large majority of them, 98% of them are shit. Yeah. They're the worst movies ever. The most contrived, most terrible gift wrap movies. All of them are red, white and green covered. They have the worst names. Anyway, what do you think about them?
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. I was thinking to myself, great Christmas movies, and most of the ones that I actually enjoy are the comedies as opposed to the schmaltzy ones. Oh yeah. Um, and then actually, I started thinking. Well, you know what? Technically, Die Hard's a Christmas movie, man. So Die Hard's on my <laughs> list of great Christmas movies. Oh heck yeah! I mean, and that's kind of where you take yourself because it's really cheesy. It's like an hour and a half Hallmark commercial. It's awful, and it's even worse when they start doing sequels to stuff.
0: Oh my goodness! Bah
1: humbug! I guess.
0: Bah humbug!
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. For this episode, I'm already pre-drunk. We're watching the Saints versus Carolina football game, which is the worst football game if you're a Saints fan.
1: Jesus. Bah humbug again.
0: Bah humbug. Oh God. Yeah, but i got a couple good Christmas movies up my sleeve, Excellent. things that I go to every year. Um, they're not a Christmas story, although, you know, that's. I'm not going to hate on you if that's your tradition. Sure. But there's plenty of other ones out there that are pretty spectacular. So, would you like to go ahead and start out with one?
1: Sure. One of my all-time favorites, number one, and one of Bill Murray's best, Scrooged.
0: Oh, hell yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely love it.
0: What a great retelling of the old Charles Dickens Yep. I mean it's got Bill Murray in it, but
1: it's got Bill Bill Murray at one of his best. Like he's he's at the tip top of his sarcastic ways. It was almost like this role was written specifically for him, the way he does it. Uh, Bobcat Goldflete has a memorable appearance in it. The three ghosts are amazing. Carol Kane shows up and beats the hell out of him with a toaster. I mean it's right. just it's uh, even today like and it holds up well. It was 1988, but even today I I, I watch it every Christmas and
0: so. was that his real brother? In the movie? I
1: want to say yes.
0: So anyways, yeah. Like, if you're if you're looking for something off the beaten path, Scrooge is fantastic. I would follow it up with a movie that actually was my version of a Christmas story. We were just talking about our families both being from New Orleans and being really, like, straightforward and sort of inna- inappropriate in all means and ways that they can. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, whatever. Very down-to-earth people. So, for me, what had resonance was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Amen. <laughs> That's that's it. Just this amalgam of terrible, insane miscreants. And your family all getting together for christmas to try and have some kind of ideal thing with clark griswold at the helm it just represented my whole childhood
1: <laughs> and it has one of my all-time favorite nervous breakdowns in it too the
0: two go, <laughs> i don't know, you know
1: holy shit where's the towel at all like just <laughs> when he goes off on his boss it i that lights me up like a christmas tree man i smile for that whole thing great movie
0: you got another one for him i
1: do another one it's not a Typical Christmas movie. Again, it's Bad Santa. Um Ooh, yeah. It was one that I wasn't expecting to be as good as it was, because Billy Bob Thorne's always been kind of hit and miss with me. But yeah. I saw it, and I found myself just really enjoying his relationship with that little bitty chunky kid. Like, just the way he handled him was so funny. It ended up being a lot better than I thought it was going to be.
0: Well, let's see. Let's follow that up. I'm going to go international, and we're going to hit up Rare Exports. It's this movie out of Norway, I believe. I should have looked it up, but... Anywho, it's all about Krampus. It's really not about Christmas. Yes. So much as like focusing on Krampus and they find this monster underneath the ice. If anybody knows about Krampus, it's basically like Santa's little helper which basically takes kids and then eats them, tortures them, beats chains on the wall and terrifies children. <laughs> <laughs> in that part of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale.
1: Yeah, we had talked about it when we talked about how good Trollhunter was. That was a really good one. They do an episode on a show called The League that's all about Krumpus. Their, their Christmas oh, really? episode is all about it. Yeah, It's a really good episode. Taco even writes a song about it. Um, another really good one for me, A Muppet Christmas Carol. I know nice. now we're getting into like kind of cheesy ones, but I, I've no, always no, kind of dug fine. the Muppets um, for what they were, and so mm-hmm. I've always liked that one in particular. Uh, That one and Muppets from Space are my two favorite Muppet movies.
0: Going with that, sort of like animatronics or Muppets, creatures, I'm going to go with Gremlins. My wife and I watched Gremlins uh, recently. A lot of people don't think about it as being a Christmas movie, but oh, it takes it sure place is. during Christmas. Absolutely. There's Christmas atmosphere everywhere. It ends in like a big department store that's all decked out for Christmas. Yeah, it's fantastic. I believe Gremlins 2 takes place during Christmas also, but I'm not sure. Yes, it does, but that sure. one takes
1: place in a building, so it's...
0: Speaking of things taking place in buildings for Christmas, dun-dun... You can go I, I, ahead if you want. Well,
1: yeah, Die Hard, <laughs> man. We just we talked about it. Die Hard's a straight Christmas movie. I will, that's a staple on Christmases for me to watch. At least Christmas Eve or Christmas, I will definitely watch Die Hard. Definitely one of Bruce Willis's best. Possibly my favorite action movie of all time, if I had to actually put my favorite action movie into one. Awesome.
0: Heck yeah. Do you have any others? Because I, I don't know if I do.
1: I mean, that's that's pretty much it. If you want to get, like, depressed, you can always go, like, Less Than Zero or, or Showgirls. Which both take place, and Showgirls is always one of my favorite horror movies. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I don't really like the big, cheesy Christmas movies. Even, like, A Christmas Story does a little bit for me but i'll watch it one time on tbs since they do it 24 7 but that's it like it was never in the running rotation for me come christmas time right so
0: one of the other ones speaking of billy bob thornton and really dark kind of anti-christmas movies you could always check out the ice harvest with him and john cusack oh yeah good one um yeah they steal some money from like this kind of mob boss who john cusack was the like attorney for for a long time and they're just trying to get away and they're at each other and It's real paranoid and pretty funny. It's like real dark comedy. You could also go with as far as like on the opposite end of that spectrum if you want something that's not schmaltzy, but in the same time very like naive and just kind of beautiful. I would go with Elf. Oh yeah, Elf. I think Elf is hilarious. Elf is definitely hilarious. He's like the perfect representation of someone who has like no negative intentions whatsoever. He really plays it off against this horrible cynicism of all of New York. That's the- my wife's
1: favorite Christmas movie, is Elf. Yeah. Yeah. She she watches it every year. She breaks. She's already broken it out once, so I'm sure we'll watch it a couple more times.
0: When I was working at Blockbuster, that's what they gave me for my Christmas gift that year. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> they gave us all a copy of Elf. Huzzah! Huzzah! And I I got to show it the kids in Korea, which was a very interesting experience watching it. It was almost like a test screening because I showed it to like every class that I taught, at that right. time it was about 13 different classes, and you got to learn exactly where people left, I would be able to count down to the minute, well I know in minute 13 or so, when this happens, everybody's going to find it hysterical, and this part of the movie they're going to get kind of bored, right. after watching it over and over again, I felt like I was in Hollywood, I was like, this is how they judge if movies are going to be good or not, which is, you know, not probably not the best way to do it, but, <laughs> 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 works, works like a charm, very good. <laughs> Sweet. So yes. yes. Let's deck the halls with this insanity that we watched. I had to download it illegally because no one has it anywhere.
1: Yeah, I couldn't find anything but a trailer online.
0: Yep. The movie is called Santa with Muscles. It stars our favorite actor of all time, Hulk Hogan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh
0: man. So Would you, It came out in 1996. Would you like to go ahead and give a, a little synopsis. synopsis of it? Yeah, sure. sure. This, is,
1: this will be really easy and over the top. Hogan plays this guy named Blake Thorne, who has made this huge fortune by marketing health food and health supplements. He was nice at one point, but as he got richer, he became more and more grouchy. Bah, money makes me mad. So one day, out of the blue, he gets into this giant paint gun fight that escalates to the point where cops are chasing him. So he escapes by running to a a shopping mall and putting on a Santa suit. And then he's hiding in a laundry chute because a piece of his camouflage gear comes out and the cops see them and chase him. And uh, this guy throws this ornament away and it hits him on the head. And he develops amnesia and he wakes up and this elf who's working for Santa, well not for Santa but for the mall... Tells him that he's Santa Claus, and that leads him to help save an orphanage. Do you see where I'm going with this? So now Santa shows up at an orphanage, and then ends up saving them from this insane doctor and his three henchmen, or two henchmen, one henchwoman, all ridiculously over the top.
0: I mean, with a title like Santa with muscles, you wouldn't expect it to be so well written and and (laughs) and beautiful, but Ah. really, it scored its 23% on Rotten Tomatoes from audience members. Critics gave it zero. Or there's no score yet, I guess, but there's three rotten reviews, so that's a zero for me. I don't know where to start with this. Well, we did the plot synopsis, and now I guess we could just talk about some favorite scenes.
1: Yeah, f- favorite scenes. I mean, it's just so. It's so ridiculous at one point. The doctor and his henchmen slash woman, they attach a chain to a statue outside of the orphanage. And they begin to pull it off with their vehicle, their ice cream truck. Mm -hmm. Hogan runs outside and stops it from happening with his bare hands. So he's able to halt an ice cream truck with his bare hands. That's how strong he is. His, His strength is the power of good is on his side. I believe they were trying to make an action movie for him to be in. I I firmly believe that, because it doesn't play off tongue-in-cheek at all. It just plays off really ridiculous. There's a little girl whose voice is really cute at first, but the more and more she talks, the more and more her speech impediment becomes aggravating. Every time she speaks, I just want to give her a bottle of gin and tell her to go sit in the corner and wake me up whenever freaking New Year's Day is here.
0: Well, she's the girl that opens up the movie. It starts off, she has the opening dialogue, which she's just writing a letter to Santa Claus, apparently, from the orphanage and she's talking about how she just gives it all away she's like there's a really bad man that lives up on the hill and I think this Christmas is gonna be sucky so Santa Claus come and save us just telegraphs the whole film in the first two minutes and then from that point it goes straight into Hulk Hogan who's this fitness guru and his hobby apparently is to beat up all of his own staff, to sneak up on them in his camo, and attack them all. The gardener has a a machete for some reason. I don't know why gardeners have machetes. The, the the chef runs at him from, like, 500 feet away screaming while he holds a, a little metal meat tenderizer. Right. <laughs> there, wow. There's, like, this super racist Asian undertone in the whole thing where, like, anytime there's somebody that does karate, there's the music changes. And like even Hulk Hogan does crappy crane later on, like, playing off Karate Kid. He's like, oh!
1: Oh! oh. oh and let's not forget the Highlander <laughs> reference.
0: Yeah, yeah. There definitely. can only be one. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite scenes is you got the guy who is one of the elves, or finds Hulk after he drops out of the the laundry chute or whatever, and is knocked out. And he's the guy that convinces him he's Santa Claus, and he winds up being the the friendly Italian gangster henchman guy that helps Santa. And at some point, Hulk Hogan's finally like, I know I'm not Santa Claus. This is nonsense. And he's like, yeah, the Santa Claus thing ain't working out for you, right? Oh, well, look, how about I tell you this, and he gives him his, his camo outfit or whatever, and it's got paintball on it, because that's what they're doing, they have a paintball fight. Right. But for some reason, he thinks it's blood. He's like, yeah, give you this, uh, would you rather me give you this uh, suit with the dried blood on? I don't know where that came from. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe you were a bad guy in the form of life, and now you're Santa Claus. But, like, the whole idea that he didn't know the difference between dried blood and, like, a pink... Paintball stain. Right, right. He has this atmo- his attitude of like one of the good Goodfellas. I can't tell blood from paint. Forget about it. You know, the whole movie's just he'll say some shit and then he'll be like that could be right or it's not. I don't know. Forget about it. <sighs>
1: Everything about the movie is just it's utter trash. You just can't believe they keep adding stuff to it. You know, there's a vault of magical crystals underneath the orphanage. Oh yeah. I mean, we can't forget about that.
0: Which is great. He knows it gives away, like, the big reveal. Uh, Ed Beagley Jr. is Ebner Frost, the bad guy. Right. And him and Hulk Hogan just happened to be in this in that orphanage long, long time ago. He had no memory of it, but he, he remembered the numbers of how to get into the vault underneath <laughs> the the orphanage. Which they never go back to. They never understood yeah. back till like, the other two so. numbers. Wow. <laughs> Just wow.
1: Yeah. We can keep talking about the wow. If you want to see it, if you if you can come across it legally, I guess go ahead and wash it because it's it's really that terrible. You've got your geologist with a brush, the dominatrix with electrical powers. The chemist uh, who uses, uh, what is it, stink bombs as your main villains. It's just, sounds like something that, you know, you had two 10- or 11-year-old boys, and, like, they decided to stay up all night, and then at about 4 o'clock in the morning, they decided to write a movie, and this is what they came up with.
0: Well, yeah, like, the production value is super crappy. All these guys you just mentioned, not only do they sound ridiculous, but they look ridiculous. Oh, yeah. They look... Like the chemist with the stink bombs or whatever? His he's really got teeth. like a, Yeah, he's got these fake buck teeth. He walks around with this weird suit on with like methane gas. Yeah. I guess they thought, hey, it's a kid's movie, so let's make it just like an episode of Beekman's World or something with the same budget or Right. Something. I don't know, blues clues or something. And like, these are bad guys, kids, quote unquote.
1: <laughs> yeah, just, that's what it's, it seems. It sounds like it's from the mind of a child. Like everything about it. <laughs> these two kids who just love wrestling. And we'll put Hulk Hogan in it. Of course we'll put Hulk Hogan in it. And we'll put Brutus the Barber Beefcake in it because he makes an appearance that's the guy with <laughs> the Fu Manchu mustache.
0: I don't know. It's pretty amazing. I just love the whole setup of it. Once it gets into the I'm um, Santa Claus versus these evil scientists. Like, just the idea of it. There are evil scientists that are buying property up all around this city. Outside of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And, um, they use T-squares as weapons. Yes. That are, like, somehow menacing and deadly. And then some of the scientists are actually big, bulky, beefcake dudes for Hulk to fight with. That are also carrying T-squares. Which seem to be... I don't know. They use a styrofoam candy cane as a weapon. Yes. And, like, someone actually screams from the background, Look out! He's got a candy cane! That I was just... one of the
1: few lines I wrote down. <laughs> Watch out! He's got a candy cane!
0: <laughs> Hulk Hogan is actually done in by a animatronic Santa that moves slowly and pushes him off the top of a bell tower. Right. Like, into a garbage truck. The violence is so cartoonish. Oh, Yeah. The people are so cartoonish. It's like a living cartoon. Yeah. It really is. Those are some favorite scenes.
1: Yeah, and I guess I gave the one... Well, I, there was two favorite quotes. You said the first one with the candy cane. The other one was when um, it was right after he got done defending himself uh, to test his fighting skills, and they're going to play paintball. And he goes, and he, he looks down at the guy he's going with, and he, like, throws his head back, like his hair fluffs, and he goes, Let's roll! Like that? <laughs> like, this is the way he said, like, I, had, I rewound it about three times to watch it. He goes, Let's <laughs> roll! And he jumps into a jeep, and they take off. They go play paintball. It was very, very effeminate and awesome. As Great they're delivery. playing
0: paintball, he fires on police officers, oddly <laughs> enough, with his paintball gun, even. They, they don't take too kindly to it, um, because one of them actually uses a rocket launcher later in the film,
1: Yes, he does. Standard issue.
0: Obviously. Again, it's like you said. It's like 10 year olds created the movie. and In the 10 year olds brain, this is how people, adults like exactly. function. Exactly. And he'll pull out fight. a
1: grenade launcher. Of course he will.
0: Oh, of course he pulls out a grenade launcher. No yeah. problem. Of course there's a weird mineshaft full of quartz rocks that produce electricity and are worth millions of dollars, according to Mila Kunis, underneath an old orphanage. Why the hell not? Why not? Perfect. Makes perfect sense. And there's a, a lady that shoots electricity out of her gloves, and a scientist that kills people with methane gas. That's right. And uh, And then the other guy, who is just annoying, he kills people with T-squares. That's all he does. He's, he's the like, other scientist.
1: He's like Dr. Grant. He just polishes them off like they're fossils.
0: Isn't his name like Dr. Wicked or something? Dr. Blight. Like Dr. Blight, yeah. Dr. Blight. Oh, so it's Dr. Vile, Dr. Flint, Dr. Watt, and Dr. Blight. Right. Those are the characters. Yep. That'll tell you the quality of this film. One of the other things I, I did enjoy was that in the tomb underneath this orphanage, there are skeletons. Like, this is a tomb that's open that they use a lot. Really dusty, old spiderweb-ridden skeletons just sitting there. <laughs> and it seems weird that in an orphanage that's open to, like, all the kids in this place's area. Why is that there? Why has that not been cleaned up yet?
1: <laughs> yeah, like... Maybe that's why they've
0: only got three kids.
1: Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the other kids, they're just... They're gone. Or are they? They're downstairs.
0: We said we gave them to the families, but in reality, they're just, uh, bones. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Just so I, I wouldn't say avoid this movie at all costs, but honestly, you know what, avoid, avoid this movie at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you somehow want to be a director and you want to watch a movie on how not to ever direct a movie, this is perfect example.
0: Yeah, well, he's, he's gone on to direct a couple other things, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a
1: couple sequels, direct a video. <laughs> uh, Richie Rich's Christmas Wish. And Amityville and New Generation are two biggies.
0: John Murlowski. His big piece of trivia is that he volunteers at a suicide prevention hotline.
1: (laughs) You know what? If he can make it, so can you.
0: This was actually, like, his atonement for making Santa with muscles was just trying to save people from killing themselves. Exactly.
1: (laughs) And it pretty much killed my spirit for a little bit, so. I had to watch Jingle All The Way just to make myself feel better. That's how bad it was.
0: And Jingle All The Way, being one of Phil Hartman's last movies, not that bad. You know what? And has Sinbad. He's... Normally terrible, but in a lovable way.
1: It's not that bad. And then I was looking at it, and I'm like, oh, my God. It's young Anakin Skywalker plays his son. I know. Jake freaking Lloyd. I was like, oh, kill him with fire. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't bad either, to be honest. I mean, yeah, he was, if he was I'm being honest. He played a little annoying kid just fine. You know, little kid loves his dad. So yeah, go ahead and skip this movie unless you really, really want to watch it. I wouldn't even recommend it. Like I would recommend Highlander too. First of all, you'd have to really dig to find this movie. It's not an easy thing to find. uh, Unless you're a Hulk Hogan aficionado and you have to own everything that he's in, you've got three Thunder and Paradise movies you can choose from. Watch those instead. You know, you can yeah,
0: watch come on. the
1: Ultimate Weapon or Suburban, Suburban Commando. Commando, Mr. Nanny. Oh. Mr.
0: Nanny, yeah. I mean, they're I'd all out there. I rather
1: watch Surf Ninjas than this. So
0: yes, I, it sent me to a really deep place, like a really deep <laughs> introspective part of my life as I was watching it. And it was just, they're outside in this town that's a little, like, northwest of Los Angeles, I think I read where it was filmed. And even in the car chase scenes and stuff, like, all the cars have been moved out of this town. It looks like a set. The cops are using these nuclear weapons and stuff to fight. He's shooting at cops with paintballs with no repercussions. And this whole thing seemed like this big 10-year-old's dream to me. Sure. And, I've, and it had Clint Howard in it, so I started thinking about, like, Star Trek episodes. Absolutely. And it, and I was kind of like, maybe this is, like, the ending to this movie that was cut was just, like, it was the dream of, like, some ten-year-old. All these actors were just kind of forced to play these parts by this maniacal, controlling ten-year-old that, like, just has them all trapped in this desert town. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds better than the alternative, man, I gotta tell you.
0: I think if you watch it through that lens, that movie actually starts to be make sense. Sure. And, like... All the acting and stuff, you can kind of understand why it's so stilted and bad, and like, and then you almost feel for the actors too. They're like, man, they're trapped in this movie, they can't get out. <laughs> they are
1: absolutely uh, <laughs> trapped.
0: <laughs> Mila Kunis got out though. She went to that '70s show she and then, did. yep, went and on so to did, be,
1: uh... So did the other guy who ended up playing Bob, uh, the next-door neighbor, before an eerie, that 70s uh, show connection.
0: I wonder if it's, like, the same for females. And I don't have any around to ask. So if you see like, a movie like Empire of the Sun and Christian Bale's in it as a little child, mm-hmm. do you think to yourself, man, how did he grow up to be such a hottie or something right. like that? Because, like, <laughs> I was watching this movie and seeing, like, Mila Kunis, and, man, she really blossomed. And I felt really weird. I was like, why am I thinking about a 12- or 13-year-old in that right, way? right. But I couldn't help it. <laughs> no, I know
1: exactly what you mean because honestly, I never found Mila Kunis hot until forgetting Sarah Marshall. I thought she was she was just so good at playing Jackie, she just yeah. aggravated me too much. But then I was watching Sarah forgetting Sarah Marshall and I was like, Um when did Mila Kunis get so freaking hot? And mm-hmm. my wife's like, She's always been really hot I'm like, Are you serious? <laughs> hmm. Well, she's really hot now, let me tell you that much. But I know, I know what you mean. Right? Like, I was looking at her and I was like, she's so adorable. I wonder if I'd have liked her when I was 12. Like, oh, sh- what are we talking about? Yeah.
0: For me, man, it was, it was Black Swan. That's what did it. Jesus. That's when I realized that she was super hot. <laughs> but yeah, that's, so that's what we got out of that. Before we go to stuff? score, I Dream do have a drinking game. game. Yes. And I'm sure there's a couple that we can think of. Okay. This movie has a ton of continuity errors. Surprise, because it's so well done. But, like, even in the first two or three minutes, there's tons. Like, in his assault on his own mansion and own people, there's one where he holds the paintball gun up, and then the very next cut, the paintball, like, canister is to the side of the gun, and then in the next scene, it's actually above the gun. Above it, right. And then there's the, they surround him, and the guy with the weed eater, the gardener or whatever, has the weed eater next to his face, and supposedly, you can know, weed eater sound, which... It would have been cutting the shit out of his face. But in the next scene, the weed eater's not there in the close-up. And then when they pan out again, the weed eater's there again. When they go into the cavern in the, in the bottom of the orphanage, there's a big, giant blue glow that opens up with the doorway. But as they're walking in through the doorway, there's no blue anywhere. Um, and they're really obvious. They just didn't have time to fix them. Or money, maybe. to um, drink for those.
1: This movie has never received a DVD release. So there you go.
0: What? That's why it's so That's hard to find. That's why it's so hard
1: to find. I just said, the movie has never received the DVD release, but if you look hard enough, you might find it on cable somewhere. Otherwise, there may be various ways to find it illegally online. As a general rule, I wouldn't recommend subjecting another human being to this movie. But if you need a <laughs> substitute for putting coal in someone else's stocking, this little piece of shit might do the trick. <laughs> so there you go.
0: It was. It's currently on IMDb's bottom 100 list. It's listed as number 43 out of 50 on the worst children's films by Total Film. And it was included in Virgin Media's list of worst Christmas movies ever created. And it was number
1: one for a time. There was, there was uh-huh. a time when it was the number one worst movie.
0: It's in Atlantic City Weekly's list of worst holiday films, ranking third behind Santa Claus Conquers the Martians and Star Wars Holiday Special. Ugh, and it's been movies. featured on the website WrestleCrap.com. <laughs> Which acts as a quote-unquote hall of shame for the worst gimmicks and storylines in pro-wrestling history. Yeah. Uh,
1: Any- I have a drinking game. Now, well, you're going to be really drunk. Because this happens a lot. Anytime okay. it literally looks like Hulk Hogan is looking off-screen to read his lines from a cue card. <laughs> Did you notice that? Like, there are were, there were moments where he's supposed to be staring. Yes. Like, he's directly facing the camera, but his eyes are clearly going from left to right as he's reading his lines. Unbelievable.
0: I think he's just looking through people. He might be. He uh, might be the stare
1: he does when he acts. I don't know. He's looking
0: into your living room.
1: He should have been looking into his future and realized his wife was going to take him for millions. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't see <laughs> that one coming.
0: He sure didn't. Ba-bum-bum. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Good drinking games. <laughs> but that's about Sweet. it, man. That's about all I've got for a movie like this.
0: Awesome. Well, I think that's enough, honestly. Okay. It's not that complicated. Do you have any uh, scores for it?
1: I did give it a score. I actually fought myself to get from giving it a negative, because I can't imagine giving a movie a negative score. Um, but this, this one end, ends up getting a little bit positive towards the end. So, for plot, it got a negative five. Absolutely ridiculous. Amnesia, from everything about it is, is convoluted. <clears throat> Acting gets a straight zero. Uh, Mila, Mila Kunis was okay. Special effects, seriously? Zero. <laughs> Replay value... No thank you. I'm going to go with a zero on that one. I, that's that's a zero replay. However, I did give it 15 points for Lanyat because Mila Kunis gets really really hot and that does make me feel weird. I do like Ed Begley Jr. a lot even in this yeah. role. And I don't know. I there were parts Don Stark is really good as Lenny. Lenny's the uh the Italian guy, I enjoyed Don Stark. He's very slimy in it. Yeah, I just gave it 15 points just because of the fact that I didn't want it to get a negative. And, you know, somewhere this is somebody's love affair. So I feel bad for John Murlowski and anyone who watches this. But So it, all in all, it gets a 10 out of 100.
0: That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um. It's not bad at all. I'm going to go a little bit higher. Actually, I feel like I've given lots of other movies lower scores than this one. Right. Because it's so weird and has, like, no tie to reality and just doesn't make any sense. I just It's hard for me to even, like, take it seriously enough to give it a bad rating. I gave it plus five for the watch out he's got a candy cane um, line. And, the fact, like, all weapons. That's another dream game for you. Anytime they attack someone with a stupid weapon, T-square, candy cane, Santa Claus arm, anything, drink. Like, all the weapons in this movie are are totally idiotic. I gave it a plus three for Don Stark's character, Lenny. I give it a plus three for him. I just enjoyed watching him. He was pretty slimy, like he said. And uh, I just like his whole attitude. He just, he says nonsense, but doesn't add anything to the film. But, yeah, he's always got that attitude, like, forget about it. I just said some bullshit. I don't know. Fuck it. I'm just filling up air, you know? Right. (laughs) <laughs> and then I gave it a plus two for the skeletons in the basement of the orphanage. I don't know. I, I like that. And then I gave it a plus five. And this is more of like this is outside of the movie. If you even find this movie to watch and you put the effort through, I, I took me like several hours to download this film illegally, which I'm not scared. i uh, Somebody I'm, I'm must not sue scared. me for downloading sure. this. I do not care. Um <laughs> I give you a plus five for even watching it. If you've got the balls to, like, watch Santa with Muscles, then you're okay by me. We've got a total of 15 points, Santa with Muscles. Booyah. Higher than Branded, or maybe not. I don't know what I gave Branded. Higher than some of the other movies we've reviewed. <laughs> Jaws 3D, no doubt. Mm-hmm. I'll drink to that. <laughs>
1: <sighs> I'll, I'll have no choice but to drink to that. <laughs> yeah, that's going to do it for the for the Christmas edition of The Bomb Squad, episode yep. 11. Now, are we going to attempt to do a 12th one and then um, take a little time away? Yeah,
0: I think that'll probably be it. Okay. Do a 12th episode at some point. This is the penultimate episode of Bomb Squad. Keep it short. Keep it focused. For my money, Santa with Muscles is probably the worst Christmas movie ever created. Yep. And there are a lot of really bad ones, but this one's so insane and bizarre. Even more than, like, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, I feel like that was way more coherent Oh, absolutely! In this film.
1: I actually enjoyed *Santa Claus vs. the Mars the Martians*.
0: And you so, can watch the Rift Tracks version, which is amazing as well. Yes, which much, I,
1: much thanks to uh, your friend who posted that, mm-hmm. which was awesome.
0: I know, right? Good stuff. Thanks, Adam. Um, yes, thank yeah. you, Adam, and thank you, Mr. Delicious, for joining me after that terrible Saints loss. Uh, In which I will now go cry and beat up a small child.
1: Yep, I've got two here, so let me just grab They're all sick, but that's okay. Um.
0: Well, that was it. That was Movie Bomb Squad's 11th edition. Go ahead and check us out on the web at moviebombsquad.com. And also, you can check us out on Facebook. Just search for Bomb Squad and join our little group. And you can email us at moviebombsquad at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions, complaints, loves, concerns more illegitimate children that I have fathered. <laughs> so, thank you very much. <laughs> we'll see you guys later.
1: Happy Krumpus, everybody.
0: Merry Krumpus! Merry
1: Krumpus! You got, you got the power!